Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. This is the last Tuesday of the college football regular season without... Maction is Ira Paul, a.k.a. Brian Ferentz's biggest fan. Name that man head coach at Nebraska already. And with me, as always, is AJ, Bo Nix, more like Bo Six, Marchese. And not Bo Pig Six, am I right? Wow, well done. Yeah, thanks. Today, we're talking all the NFL draft prospects who soared, roared, and ignored during week eight of college football. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out to Casey, maybe. Looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's going to wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's going to put ketchup on a stick? Who's going to find a steal? In the fifth, the home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink. Spelled like sports drink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Alright, well, we've had another coach firing in college football. Do you uh, have any guesses of who it will be? Who it was? I, I know who it was. Um, uh, was it... Um, uh, who is it, Rob? Just tell me. It was Will Healy with the Charlotte 49ers. What? Remember when, remember when there was like that one offseason where like Will Healy was like Hot a wonder again? And, and yeah. like, this is, this is the next guy. And... Because, uh, what was it? 2019, he went 7-6. and six. At Charlotte, his first year, they lost in a bowl game. Uh, and then it was the COVID year, and they weren't good. And then it was 2021. They still weren't good, but Chris Reynolds was fun. And then they started 1-7 this year, and he is out. Um, I feel like you could pull up an old uh, G5 Coach of the Future rankings tweet from uh, the official Seven Rounds in Heaven account and from you, and Will Healy will be on that list. Oh, yeah. He played quarterback at Richmond. Of course I thought he was going to be a good head coach. It really strikes me as a guy who is now going to go spend like three more years as an FCS head coach, do well, come back to the G5, and be decent again. That's like I, I, I think Charlotte just isn't an easy job, and 
he obviously had something going early on. It kind of fell off. They've produced NFL players. Like, I, I, under him, they had Alex Highsmith and your boy Cam Clark. Um, before that, like, before he was head coach, they had Nate Davis and Larry Ogunjobi. Like, mm-hmm. Charlotte has a potential, and they're jumping to the Kuza. And I think, like, they, they've, they've put money into um, infrastructure there. So I feel like Charlotte's going to be an interesting job um and whoever they hire has a chance to really elevate this team because like that is a good geographical location that state has a lot of talent yeah charlotte's a big city if you're a relevant g5 you're jumping to the aac i think i think it's really interesting um by the way i found the tweets uh we had we had 11 uh, rank these non-Power 5 head coaches in order of who you most want to hire at a Power 5 school was your original tweet. You forced me to make one of these tweets on the 7 Rounds in Heaven account. There was 11 coaches, and we both had Healy last. Or, I assume so. Oh, I, wait, I, so we're smart? I had Healy last, at least. Yeah, smart, smart. Oh, okay, good, good. We look good. We did good. Okay, thank gosh. I was so ready. I thought I thought you were going to say we had 11 positive Will Healy tweets. <laughs> That would be sick. That's so many. (laughs) That would be Um, sick. So a couple names that are apparently going to be in the mix for the the Charlotte head job. Uh, Alex Atkins, who's the Florida State OC slash O-line coach. Um, Pep Hamilton, the Texans OC. That's that's random. Tony Gibson, the NC State DC. Josh Gaddis, Miami's OC. Phil Longo, North Carolina's OC. Clayton White, uh, South Carolina's DC. Lance Taylor, Louisville's OC. Gene Chizik, North Carolina's DC. That's the absolute worst person you could hire. Uh, Pete Lembo, who's South Carolina's special teams coach, the old Ball State head coach, and um, Skip Holtz, who's just won the USFL championship. Oh, one, one more thing of Will Healy. We also did that tweet in 2020, and we also had Will Healy last then. So we've always known. But I had Lance Leipold second last, so I look fucking dumb. Got jo- got Josh Heupel second though from the top after Fickle. That's smart. Ooh. That's smart. Genius. Um, to me, Alex Atkins is the clear person you would hire. He's coached at Charlotte. He's the O-line coach of 2019. He's really helped rebuild Florida State's offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's Him and Norvell have really turned around that offense as a whole. He is young. I think that's important. I don't know why you would hire like Gene Chizik. He's ever. been there, done it, baby. Like If you're going to jump at experience i think pete lembo makes the most sense because he's done well at a g5 that was uh under resourced but i think alex atkins makes the most sense after that i think if you really wanted to get creative offensively like josh gaddis is interesting um pep hamilton i just like that seems like such a not like pep hamilton should be a guy who's looking at either higher profile g5 head coaching jobs or, or NFL head coaching. I just – I don't get the Pep Hamilton thing. Not that I don't think he's worthy. I just think he's too worthy. I don't know. It's a weird one. Um, do you think they're too Who quick? You... Oh, sorry. I was just going to ask. Do you think they're too quick on Healy? No. The team really has – like, he's had one winning season. Yeah. Um, and – it was his first season after taking over for from Brad Lambert, who, who was the head coach when like they started, like initially started playing football yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
who's now the Wake Forest's DC. And, and so, like, he won with Pete Lambert's guys, theoretically. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's a pretty crucial like, hire wherever they go next, right? Like, Yeah, it's... and I, I feel like Will Healy was really riding high off the Austin P um, turnaround. Mm-hmm. And, like, didn't really show anything for three years at, at Charlotte. I would hire Alex Atkins. I say all that to say. I would hire Alex Atkins. Makes sense. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to bring back Gene Chizik. I think that's the. <laughs> He's got an Addy, right? It's the, it's the most entertaining hire. I think Phil Longo is the most entertaining. Just that's a good one, too. Lean into the air raid, yeah, baby. I like it. Um, And before we get to our superlative, we also had a declaration. <laughs> Brendan Evers, the Oklahoma State. IDL, uh, of course, um, who like basically just has been injured forever and uh, declared because of that. So that's our first one. Good work. So I, I don't know how how much tape you watched on him so far, AJ. Uh, none. I don't think he's Most gonna get drafted. Every snap. Yeah, I've watched. <laughs> he's not getting drafted, but okay. Uh, okay. Week eight superlatives. Let's talk about some guys who will get drafted. Um, starting with guys who will get drafted several years from now, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And and let's get the best freshman, where I didn't have a lot. Of no, I agree. Guys. I had one clear guy, and that that's all I put. How about you? I put, like, a couple of old retread names and then one new guy, so I wanted to talk with the new guy first. Who's the new guy? J. Michael Sturdivant, the Cowboy receiver. I did not realize as I watched him dominate the Washington secondary that he's a freshman. So I'm also retro. I'm also putting him. Yeah, the sturd man. Uh, they couldn't cover him. No, they couldn't. He's got he's like six three two oh five. He's well built. Yeah, at over hundred yards, like eight catches. Like you said, they couldn't cover him. Uh, Cal played Cal played Washington tough. I think because Marshawn was in, in attendance and Justin Forsett, two goats. Um, Jackson Sermon knew the playbook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think sturd man looked like. Fairly legit for Cal. Yeah. Big body. Yeah. Striking the ball really well. I mean, that Husky secondary is terrible. Which is so um, weird, but yes. But yeah, no, he looked really good. He looked, he, he looked like a future threat in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Who, who's your top guy? Harold Perkins Jr., who was a pass rusher with LSU, who, who picked up a sack in three hurries. Uh and the upset of Ole Miss, who may be the most fraudulent top ten team this year. Yeah. Um, just a blazing speed off the edge. Um, a, a guy who I, I didn't really know who he was going into the game and came out thinking, oh, they've got another guy opposite B.J. Ojolari um, and, and Ali Gay. Uh, he, he's kind of like in the rotation just because they have those two. Um, but... Man, he has a ridiculous first step, and he plays with so much energy. Um, <clears throat> like I said, three hurries and a sack. Hasn't been like a, a big force or anything this year, just two and a half sacks on the season, but a guy who, who kind of plays both as a pass rusher and the off, and, and off ball. So interesting to see kind of what they do with him going forward. 6'2", 220, so maybe Addison you know, yeah. getting pass rushing full-time. Yeah, interesting. I mean, it feels like like I know like Ojolari and Gay. I know this is off topic, but Gay like have they been they've they haven't been bad, but it feels like we've been waiting for them to like just take that big Ojolari's time. Ojolari's been really good when I watch it. He's been good, yeah. But and Gay, I think he's fallen off like quite a lot. But he's big. 
He is big, yeah. He's Arden Key too. <laughs> it's comp. Um, yeah, my other two guys are just like, you know, ho-hum guys. I, Nicholas Singleton looked pretty darn good again for Penn State in, in what I think was the game of the week on ABC Saturday night. Not. Uh, 79 yards on t- uh, with two touchdowns, couple, couple, you know, 28 yards through the air. He's a good back. I, I don't know if it's <laughs> Saquon, but he's good. Uh, and on the flip side, I'll throw the other Ole Miss, the Ole Miss back. Junkins is like, you know, he wasn't that big yards per carry, but 111 yards, two touchdowns uh, with Evans not there. And, and he looked like he's good. I don't know. Like, what else is there to say? It's a lot of the same freshmen. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, that's normal. Yeah, it's it is. a lot of the same sophomores, too. It is, uh, but at least there's more every, sophomores. Yeah. Every week I'll, I'll put Emeka, Buka, Marvin mm-hmm. Harrison Jr. who combined for 13 catches, 142 yards, and two Cuddies against Iowa. Um, I think probably the best play that to come from either of them was uh, that one grab on like the play action pass to the uh, post on the sideline to yeah. Harrison. Where I just don't one I don't know how Stroud fit the ball in there yeah. over the defender, and, and two I, I'm just shocked Harrison could pull that down. Just ridiculous body control. Uh, Igbuka had that sweet touchdown where it was another awesome kind of like bucket drop from Stroud. Um, where he, he just late hands tracked it perfectly. Yeah. Uh, those those two have just been. It's it's like every single week they're doing things future NFL first round picks do. Um, Marvin Harrison is like just I mean, Joel Klatt kept saying through this game like five years from now he's the best NFL receiver, which is I mean that that's a bold shot to it's call. It's a bold but, shot, yeah. But all the, all the talent's there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like he just has so much talent. The Specifically the body control, the ball skills, but also like well-built. He's, yeah. he's bigger than his dad. Good route runner for his size too. And uh, just ridiculous hands. Uh, and Egbuka's just, I don't know, he reminds me so much of Olave. Mm-hmm. Maybe not quite the same deep speed, a little better after the catch, yeah. but just such an efficient route runner. Just does all the little things right. Um, smooth dude, yeah. Yeah, just so smooth. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, on my list as well, but I, I'm going to go with another receiver. How about Troy Franklin for the Docs? Yeah. Who, yeah. He, he's kind of been one of the best. Like, big recruit, but one of those recruits who makes such a massive leap in year two. Yeah, absolutely. And it feels like if he was on the East Coast, he would be like – like not not quite to you know Harrison or Buka standards, but like getting getting big time talk because he's been he's been pretty unreal this season and uh, just more like it's just you know bigger like well built dude and he's fast as fuck and just getting downfield constantly and winning. In, in the two games they they kind of needed him most was th- this UCLA game, although it didn't end up being a challenge. It was kind of like the big prove it moment. Yeah. He came through. Yeah. 132 yards, two scores. And that Washington State comeback, like they just could like the blazing speed. Yeah. He he's in just he reminds me a little bit like Hollywood Brownie. I yeah, no, that's interesting. He's a little bit bigger though, isn't he? He's six two one seventy. Yeah, yeah. He got some height to like little, thin but tall. Yeah, just yeah, real thin, yeah. Um jumping back to Ohio State, JT Tuamola, to, to I'm probably butchering that. Uh, the defensive lineman, I thought he had a really nice game. Um, former five-star, I think he was, he was the number one recruit overall mm-hmm. two years ago. Um, he had a sack in a hurry. He had a nice long arm move for a sack. 
Uh, the Iowa offensive line was in shambles throughout yeah. this game. That Iowa offense is disgusting. But uh, it was it was nice to see him kind of have a not not a dominant game, but a bit bit of a flashy game. It's time to clean house in uh, in Iowa. Um, give you two from the from the Clemson game first with Clemson. Uh, Will Shipley. This felt like the first like big maybe not, maybe not the first, yeah the first big game, but like like the first one we're like okay that's the explosiveness people have talked about. Um, going for a buck seventy two, two touchdowns. Uh, had the fifty yard touchdown run to basically save Clemson and win the game. Uh, just smoked a bunch of of angles on that one. Uh, yeah, it really it felt like his first like. You know the quarterbacks, you know, weren't playing well. Um, he he just took the game over and carried them when they needed him. Felt like a guy you could lean on when you mm-hmm. most. Yeah, and, that, and that's and he came through. I, um, I think that's the, the first other? time in his career. Um, on the flip side, uh, Gadsden, the wide receiver slash tight end, I guess, kind of for Syracuse, six five two fifteen. His dad played in the league. Uh, was just their like, their go to guy. Like they felt like the whole passing attack just went through him. It was only for six catches, eighty six yards, not like a massive, massive game. But like, it was all at the end too. The last drive was just every ball going to him, and he was making plays. Almost had that one ridiculous catch, uh, and then it was to a fault though when they like when when uh, they tried to force it to him, and then the game losing interception was there. But uh, interesting guy at, at, with that size and pretty interesting. Definitely. Um, jumping back to the Oregon game, Bucky Irving, the running back. Yeah. Who, who on that that fourth down that really put the game away. He he took the wheel, uh, the wheel to the house for Bonix's fifth mm-hmm. touchdown pass mm-hmm. of the day. Um, but on top of that, as a runner, just very very like electric type of yeah. athleticism, yeah. Uh, elusiveness, and it felt like almost every carry he'd, he'd make a guy miss. Um, I, I I think what was it? He led I think power five running backs and forced missed tackles coming into the the game. So. That's a good running back name too, Bucky. Bucky Irving, like you could see him like being, you know, one. one he won the Heisman in nineteen forty eight or something. Yeah, Bucky Irving. big time at Nebraska. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I have one more if you're out. Go for it. Kool Aid McKinstry. Yeah. Um. Uh, I'm gonna have a lot of Alabama DBs to mention. Today they were all because pretty fucking ridiculous. I've, yeah. I've never seen more batted balls in a game. Like, Welcome to Will Rogers, baby. Will Rogers, Mike Leach. Be, be, in in Mike Leach's, I heard this stat. In Mike Leach's tenure as Mississippi State's head coach, Alabama has played them three times. It took them exactly 12 quarters to score a touchdown against Alabama uh, as they scored with zero seconds on the clock. It, wasn't it like the first touchdown in Tuscaloosa in like 14 years? Just like stupid like yeah, that? Yeah, it was something so stupid. They could not get anything going through the air, which doesn't work well when you run the air raid like Mike Leach does, the real air raid. Um, and Cooley McKinstry looked like a future top-tier corner prospect yeah. with his ability to mirror downfield, um, find ball and phase. Like, really, really uh, athletic guy. Good ball that skills. Really good ball skills. Yeah. And just thought – very smooth feet and uh, he, loose hips. He's been very good really this well. year. He's been really yeah. good. He, he's a really fun player. Um, yeah, let's get to draft eligible players. Let's start with Weekday Warrior. It felt like a bad slate of weekday games. So wrong. I watched all, <laughs> you watched of, them. all, all of them. So I'm gonna go. Get, I'm gonna go to the worst one of them all. Uh, Virginia baby, but maybe like the okay, most. That's actually. I literally watched them all, but Virginia Georgia Tech. So it's perfect. Yeah, it, it was probably the most relevant 
prospects I just give to him. Dontavian Wicks kind of had a had a comeback game. Who's been really quiet. Um, four catches, ninety nine yards, even a touchdown. Touchdown was pretty nasty, so he deserved it. Just like made one guy miss, uh, like on a crosser, made one guy miss on the sideline. Kept going down the sideline, tiptoeing, stopped like on a dime, discarded another tackler, juked a third guy out, and cut back to the inside. Found that running lane and finished. It was pretty pretty nasty. Um, so in a week that wasn't very flashy. I would love to hear yours, but uh, okay, I give so I give it to the wicker man. I uh, I was obsessed with Georgia State, um, potentially upsetting App State. The, uh, the Panthers, because I own a home field strip from them for no other reason. And Granger, Granger's the GOAT. And Granger's the GOAT. So they quickly, Georgia State takes a 14 nothing lead, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, baby, that was free money. Glad I told everyone I know the, the <laughs> plus whatever it was, like plus nine. It's free money. Anyway, long story short, App State Thunders back wins 42-17. App State's like one of the most interesting teams in the country this year. Just with their yeah. games are so all over the place. For um, real. But they, they, they stormed back because of Cameron Peoples, your boy. That's that's my small who, school guy. Who went just absolute horse mode. Yeah. He is so he is so just big and the legs never stopped churning. That one touchdown. Both, like both yeah. his touchdowns, yeah. it was just like crashing, like a little blindly just crashing into contact, but <laughs> churning those legs, churning, 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 ending up in the end zone. Um so that was really impressive. He is like pro- he's probably a day three back when it's all said and done, mm-hmm. but I think he's going to be a really fun number two back in he, the NFL. Just especially if he could be, maybe that's going to a little more size on there too because he's six two two twenty five, so he's kind of lean. You know but what? He's powerful. You know what type of career I could see? I could see people's having. Latavi- Sanders? Latavius Murray. Similar, yeah. similar style. Big dudes, like fast. Obviously, he's not as big as Latavius, but. Yeah, some of their styles. I mean, they ran for like over 400 yards total. I mean, and uh, other side of the ball, Nick Hampton had two sacks. Um, just his his athleticism and hustle at the G5 level, just they couldn't block him. And it, that was against um, um, what's his name? I think Glover, the the right one tackle. Yeah, who's like actually interesting. Yeah, uh, he beat him one time. He beat the left tackle one time. Um, it was it was a nice showing from. The two biggest names on the App State I'm, uh, roster. I'm interested to see where Nick Hampton ends up. Like, I think that's gonna be a fun story once we get into that real it, process. I think I think it's interesting too because lots of hype over the summer. Obviously, as it goes, like no one's watching a ton of these G5 games during mm-hmm. the regular season. So it, it it feels like with these really talented G5 guys, the the buzz kind of dies down. Always happens. The season. Yeah. Then it pops back up at the Senior Bowl because then you get to see them against this top level competition and they show up. I think the moral of that story was uh, Jim Nagy just damn good at his job. What else is new? Yeah. I mean, hey, unflap the zap. Belly zappy. <laughs> Unseats Mac Jones. Mac Jones who didn't play at the Senior Bowl because that was too good. Yeah, best, best prospect though. Uh, I thought it was a tougher week for best offensive prospects. So I Agreed. Know what you think. Agreed. I did too. Ended up like being split between two guys, two obvious first round picks. Ended up giving to CJ Stroud. And me too. And yeah. it's funny. But we're, sorry, I interrupted you. You go. No, go ahead, please. It's funny. I I thought after like the first quarter, I was like sliding mm-hmm. down the board this week's definitely mm-hmm. gonna be CJ Stroud. Iowa did a really good despite the ending score and 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 Stroud ultimately being our best offensive prospect this week, Iowa did a really good job on him. And that offense, but it's just when your your offense keeps handing field goal range to the Buckeyes, 
like eventually you're gonna break. Um, Brian Ferentz broke the Iowa defense. Poor Jack Campbell. Um, Stroud struggled early. He was missing some throws. I think more specifically, the thing that that was kind of impacting him the most is he's not the best quarterback out of structure. Yeah, he's not the most natural athlete uh, as a runner. He navigates the pocket well, but when when the pocket collapses, what he does uh, out of structure and, and kind of off platform, that's not his game. He's a point guard back there, right? And Iowa did a really good job, kind of knocking him off his spots. And forcing him to try and be more of a playmaker than a pocket passer, um, and, and and he struggled with that. Um, obviously, like he had the he he lost the fumble on a sack. He uh, he threw that interception where Jack Campbell did a phenomenal yeah. job getting depth, but he tried to force it over him and layer a ball that that Jack Campbell's height just kind of got in the way of. But then. It felt like he kind of settled down, realized he's got these playmakers on the outside. He's ridiculously accurate. Just just kind of stick to the system. And it, 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 he just got in this rhythm where it felt like every throw was perfectly placed. I mentioned that Marvin Harrison one earlier. That was ridiculous. I mentioned the Buka touchdown. That was ridiculous. And it, it just, throughout this game, you're like, oh, this is why he is potentially the number one pick. His ability to... Um, layer the ball, give his players uh, a playable ball, and just, I don't know, he looked like that point guard that we've been talking about. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. Like I think what it came down to for me was just the the level of throws he was making and how impressive they were and how ridiculous the ball placement was like you just touched on. Like the Ibuka throw was just like, you, you couldn't have walked it to him better. Like it was just, it's pretty silly. Um I mean, Bryce Young was good this week, too, and I didn't even put him anywhere, and I was split between another guy, but uh, you kind of hit it. Like, I just – but, yeah, I like I like, kind of like the – I mean, I wouldn't call it resilience because, you know, I would just hand them the fucking game. But for him for him individually to, you know, have a little bit of a shaky start and come back and just, uh, you know, p- put on quite a show, I thought. Just, like, it wasn't like this big flashy game, but every throw was just, like, holy fuck. Well, even the throws, like, because the, the, the Buka touchdown before that throw was the, the Harrison completion. Yeah. Even before that throw, he had that, that one to Buka out of the slot where he just placed it right on time mm-hmm. uh, before the safety could get there to make a play. It was just like, once he was in this rhythm, you can't really stop him when yeah. those are the playmakers around him. Um, I do think it, is, it, it, it did really show the difference seeing Bryce Young against Tennessee and then... This week, seeing Stroud against Iowa, the differences between the two quarterbacks, where they're probably the number one, the number two picks in this draft, but they're such different players. Yeah, it's fun. Where, it's fun. Yeah, it, it's super fun. I love it, and I, I think it, it's there's like very clear arguments for either one to be your quarterback one, um, and it's just going to come down to what you like in a quarterback. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah, I feel like um, if I'm a team with. I mean, this may be just a bit like, you know, just going off how these teams are looking this year. But, like, if I'm one of those teams with, a, like, you know, a more more of like a, a wishy-washy roster, no real identity, you know, I, not too much. And, you know, as the first overall pick's going to be, not too much going on. I think I lean Bryce Young because of that. But, again, it's it's going to be really interesting to see who has that first overall pick and, and who's, the, you know, if one of them is clear, which I don't think is going to happen, but... You know who the clear one is. 
It'll be fun. It's worth noting the first three picks currently in the NFL draft are Lions 1, Texans 2, Panthers 3. All of them need a quarterback. So, and then, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles pick 4. See, to me, Detroit taking Stroud, that's that's great. Him walking into that situation with, you know, some some ballers on the outside, a solid offensive line, a running game. Like, that's a perfect situation. But I think Dan Campbell's a brace young guy, so. It probably will be. But Dan Campbell might not be the coach. How dare you? I'm... I, I think he will be, but he might not be. Alright. Will Brad Holmes be the GM? I, I think so. But anyways, let's let's move uh, on. who who is your other offensive prospect that you want to make? No, I'll I'll do it on shooting up the board. I'll do him shooting okay, up the board. Okay, okay. Best defensive pro- prospect. Every week I just can kinda go, I'm gonna pick the Clemson defensive line. That's what I that's what I did again. Yeah, I it, I, I chose was, Murphy, but it was the whole D line this time for me. It was too hard not to like I, I didn't want because I did that last week. Yeah. I didn't want to do it again this week, but I was like, it was then. It was then. I'd be lying to myself. Yeah. Tyler Davis, Brian Brzee, KJ Henry, and Miles Murphy just kind of went out and won that game for Clemson. And don't they forget Rook, baby. Rook had a couple yeah, Rook, Rook, batted Rook. balls in big situations. Rook's gonna be like a sixth, seventh round pick who, who way outplays his drafts. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, all, all four of those guys. Uh, KJ Henry had six pressures. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brzee, he had that six sack where At the he end, was just yeah. way too athletic. And earlier yeah. in the game, he had a pressure where it was, like, very similar. He's way too big and athletic. Yeah, Tyler Davis has just taken such a huge step this year. His hands are so good now. He had two um, sacks. And uh, and then Miles Murphy, you think he was the best of the four? Uh, I don't know. No, I think I would go with Henry this week, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I, I do too. Yeah. Uh, no, I gave it Murphy last week, but no, I think it was I think it was Henry this week. Uh, Murphy had the half a sack and then had the, like the one early where he walked uh, Bergeron right into uh, Gary Schrader in the game and got the sack, but got called for the face mask. Uh, but no, good game. But no, I, I think it was Henry with like all those pressures, like you said, just felt pretty constant in the backfield. And then, hey, I'll even, I might put Davis over, over Murphy too. I also want to say... Uh... It feels like every week KJ Henry bats a ball down to you. Mm-hmm. They the, um, the whole unit does a good job of it. Obviously, Rook Rook was the the go to guy this week with the batted, but yeah, yeah. Like all all four of these guys, like obviously Brzee and Miles Murphy are probably going to be first round picks. No, nothing's for sure at this point, but they're probably going to be first round picks. Yeah, but uh, I mean, at this rate, Davis and Henry, they, they could they I don't know they could be first round picks. Yeah, I'm not I, gonna say they won't be. I wouldn't count either out. If any, uh, like Henry feels like a low key, like classic late first round pick kind of dude. Go to the Senior Bowl, be the best player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh that that that's just such a, a cheat code where it looks like Syracuse is gonna pull upset mm-hmm. because of course if anyone can do it, it's them. It's always them. And then and then the Clemson D line and and one offensive player, Will Shipley. Kind of take over. Yeah. Um, let's get to shooting off the board, bro. I'm, I'm interested in hearing who your best, your other potential best offensive prospect is. It was Bijan. It was clearly Bijan. Oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't. A, it wasn't like oh, sneaky one. No, it was Bijan Robinson. who was a was a monster. Like 140 yard, and they lost, but 140 yards on the ground, a touchdown. As they do. Yeah, as they do. And 41 yards receiving, which was only one catch, which was a touchdown. Uh, he's just so fucking complete. He's so complete. Like on the, he had a forty-two yard touchdown run, and like he showed everything that makes him 
I think what deserves to be a first-round pick as a running back, if any are going to be a first-round pick as a running back, uh, the patience, the vision, the contact balance, the the elite burst, the, the elite top-end speed too. And you're going to see parts of all of those on like every single run. Like he, he, he makes something out of nothing constantly. Um, and then like, you know, receiving, he's such a great pass catcher too. He only had the one catch this week, which they probably should have done a better job getting the ball there. But he was wide open out of the backfield and just scored on touch 41 yards. Um, but like, it, it almost feels like Bichon is so good that like, we don't talk about him that much, especially, you know, and it's just not that interesting. He's RB one. He he's going to end up being a first round pick. And it's going to be interesting to see, I think, for us, who, who's going to end up with a higher grade on uh, Bijan this year or Saquon. Uh, I think our first year doing that, po- doing this podcast. Um, yeah, that 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 is going to be interesting. I I don't know. What do you think? Like, how high in the draft, I guess, do you think Bijan Robinson can go? Like, can he be a top ten pick? On, I mean, if we're using the Saquon equation, then yes, he could be a top ten pick. But I think you know we don't we don't have the wild cards at GM that we had with a certain someone in New York back in the day. Um, I don't think he's going to be a top ten pick, but I think he could be a top twenty pick. Okay. How about you? Okay. Yeah, I have a hard time seeing it, especially just because there's so much defensive talent. Yeah. It, it up front, uh, a couple offensive linemen and, and, and a pair of quarterbacks who are all going to go top ten. But yeah, that maybe that that. I mean, Chris McCaffrey just got traded to the 49ers, and I didn't think Shani would ever do something like that. So maybe, uh, maybe the Dolphins take him 11. Who knows? The the Dolphins have the 49ers first round pick. So mm-hmm. that'd be kind of perfect, wouldn't it? Mike McDaniel. Um, I'll go back to the Ohio State Iowa game for two shooting off the boards, both linebackers on both sides. Tommy Eichenberg, who's been one of the biggest risers, I think, uh, among linebackers yeah. this season. For the Buckeyes. And then Jack Campbell, who played a really good game despite the blowout. Uh, starting with Eichenberg, he is just one of the best run-defending linebackers in the country right now. Um, his run fits, fits are ridiculous. He is such a physical downhill thumper. Uh, he obviously, too, he – I mean, it's, it's Spencer Petras, but he still jumped <laughs> that check down to the running mm-hmm. back and pick six him, and that counts. It does. Um, but he, he just seems like he's such an old-school thumper who an NFL GM is going to love on day three. Um, but, like, er, early, then, early-ish day three. By the way, these are my like, next two guys, yeah. too, which I think is funny. Yeah. and then, Yeah, fourth round, we'll say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Jack Campbell, who Ohio State could not run the ball in this game and eventually mm-hmm. just gave up. Uh, Iowa held them to 2.2 a rush. Iowa's defense played as well as it possibly could have given yeah, what their yep. offense was doing. Uh, I already mentioned that Campbell pick was pretty ridiculous, kind of goes up with one hand and, and hauls it in. Um, just his size and physicality are really interesting as a NFL Mike. Um, both are just very big 10 linebackers. They, they are. But, yeah, it's funny. These were my next two guys too. And with, with Jack Campbell, it, like I feel like that's about as good as a game from a linebacker you'll ever see in a 54-10 loss. Like. <laughs> it was it was great, and like you said, the interception was a great play, and I feel like he's got to keep doing that if he wants to be you know a three down linebacker in the NFL. Um, and he's been a little up and down at times, but this was a great game. Had that awesome, uh, I guess he credit for half a TFL, but I thought it was a clear TFL on the goal line too, or I think it was in the first quarter. Um, no, Campbell, like great game, and he still <laughs> he still get blown out because uh, your coaching staff is brutal. Uh 
I I I mainly only have defensive players this week. Do you have any offensive guys? Sure. My next guy was gonna be defense, but I'll I'll give you a couple offensive guys that are a little uh, low key. I thought Parker Washington kind of had his uh has best game of the year there with with seven catches, seven yards, uh, seventy yards, and a, and a touchdown. He felt kind of like the the go to guy in the well. Our guy Theo Johnson too, but <laughs> other than him, it felt like he was the go-to guy in the Penn State offense for the Penn State passing game. So I thought he was pretty good. Uh, flip side, I, this one's going to be my next guy, but I, I have to shout out Mo Ibrahim. You you can't stop him from getting 100 yards. Period. And and one more offensive guy, and then I'll, I got defensive guy. Um, in a losing effort, Zach Charbonnet was still fucking good again. Yeah, he was, and I was going to almost speak. To uh, what I thought of the Oregon linebackers in the context of how Charbonnet played. Okay, well we can save that then. Who, who, who's your who's your next guy? Um, sticking with the defense. Uh, well, I'll stick with the Oregon UCLA game. I thought Christian Gonzalez played great. Yeah, he did. Two PBUs, TFL, just such a natural man cover corner. Um, he's he's long. He's got the long speed. He mirrors so well. I think his feet are so patient. And then when in phase, he always seems to get his head around and play the ball. Um, mm-hmm. Just that athleticism, that size, and, and that kind of technique is all top 15 pick type of corner. Yeah, for sure. Guy. For sure. I'm going to go with a safety. That could have been a little bit out of nowhere. Um, but I got another guy there. And he's been having a good season. Uh, Jason Taylor at Oklahoma State. Um, who had two interceptions, nine solo tackles, um, had this game ceiling uh, INT on you where he just read it really well, broke on it. wasn't a great throw, but like did a really good job, and then like did a, like a cool flip to keep him in the in the field of play at the end, and then I think he like hyperextended his knee on the play. But it don't matter. He had he had a terrific game, um, and like it's been really solid. He's well built. He's kind of an interesting interesting guy. Uh, well, while we're doing DB talk, I, I got a couple more DBs. Um, I'll do three from Alabama. Yes. Because it was just all Alabama defensive, defensive backs. Uh, Brian Branch, DeMarco Helms, and Eli Ricks. Yep. Um, unsurprising that Branch is being talked about. He is, even when Tennessee was toasting them, he was like kind of the one Alabama DB not getting toasted. Yep. Uh, he looked really good around the line of scrimmage on top of just being a weapon kind of at nickel um, uh, in coverage. Uh, Helms. Had a big bounce back game. They blitzed him. He had a sack. He had two big PBUs. He's just such a physical nightmare. Uh, and then Eli Ricks, who just kind of fell off the map, yep. started opposite Cooley McKinstry and had four PBUs. Just his his size and his ball skills, it, it looked like the guy we saw at LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, he just kind of smothered the Mississippi State receivers. He hasn't really played very much for Alabama. So this is a really good sign. A huge, huge game, yeah, for sure. Uh, like Branch and Helms both had uh, sacks too, and uh, I think my favorite thing about Helms—I'm pretty sure it was Helms. Correct me if I'm wrong, but on the last play of the game, when they gave up the touchdown, Helms was just like going off on a dude. Yeah, yeah, he was. Like just he's, like I'm like I like that. Like I feel so, like he's that type of dude, you know, and that's what's going to be the big selling point, I think. Yeah. So with Branch, Branch is like the the that weapon at yep. nickel safety, like the Micah yep. Fitzpatrick brand of DB at Alabama, where like they're blitzing him. He's he's getting sacks. He's breaking up passes around the line of scrimmage, but he's also such an athletic marvel. He can man up in coverage or play too deep. Yeah. Helms is that guy who every coach is going to love because I think 
his game is based on physicality and IQ. And though he may lack some of the athletic traits to be a superstar in coverage, he makes up for it with just putting himself in the right position and mm-hmm. always looking to take a head off and, and kind of being that. I think he's like the general on the back yes, for them. Yes, exactly. And there's so many like safeties like that that hang around in the NFL for so long, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, more than, like, and any then, other position, really. But yeah, go on. And, and then with battle, you kind of get the, the versatile safety type. Like, yeah. they'll play him single high when they want to bring guys uh, uh, down to uh, play, like, cover one, cover three. Um, they'll they'll play him as a two-deep guy. Like, they'll play him man up on the tight end. Like, he gives them the versatility. He's more of the, um, I feel like, the chess piece that unlocks other guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, I mean, McKintree and Ricks. When they're on like this, their size and smothering ability on the outside is really scary. But I, I, I'm interested to see what happens with Ricks now going forward just because he hasn't really played a lot. And we just saw this type of performance. Like, he looked really good against a very good passing attack. He's got he's only a junior, right? Yeah. So, I, like, I feel like you got to expect him to to go back because why wouldn't you? But, yeah, no, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. Uh, that's that's all, give, my, uh, all my shooting. Go I'll, ahead. I'll give you one more DB. Trivius okay. Hodges Tomlinson, I thought yeah. played quite well but against K-State. He looked like the, just the, the thing you want at nickel. The feistiness for an undersized corner. He, he had a big TFL. Um, he had the interception to close the game out. Just a very confident and instinctual uh, undersized corner. Um, yeah, for sure. And one more, Jake Bobo had a really good game. Yeah, okay, I didn't sick I, catch. I didn't put him anywhere, but like Bobo was just he's he's good. He's good. He, he was like it was him and Charbonnet trying to like yeah. drag that their team. way into winning. Us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, moving to sliding down the board, and and I'll I'll start with Noah Sewell and Justin Flo. They're just not very impactful. Yeah, which is, I like if you told me before the season that like Oregon was playing well, but they weren't. I would be kind of incredulous Robert incredulous it, especially Dan Lennon coming in as exactly coach. yeah I mean, um, we, we, we talked about them you know pretty ad nauseum in the Pac-12 show and I wouldn't have expected a regression from from either never mind both uh, in Flo's defense he had played one game coming into the yeah. season so yeah. you, you can you can you get it he's very raw yeah but Sewell just going from if feeling like one of the most impactful players in the country last year mm-hmm. to just disappearing for stretches. Um, outside of one blitz where he, he kind of hit DTR pretty nicely, there was very little. They combined for 10 tackles in a hurry. Um, Zach Charbonnet did run really well. He Ate him up. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And look, like, it wasn't huge in the passing game, but he was really effective again. Four catches, like, 28 yards. Sewell seems a step slower than last year. He does. And at more out of place in... in Almost missing that that physicality that made him jump off the screen. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I, I put Sewell here. I don't have too many guys, but a couple other usual suspects. Uh, Kayshawn Booty. Like, where, where, where's he been? He had four catches, 43 yards. LSU won this game. Daniels played a good game. And he, it's like he's just, you know, another rando receiver that LSU's got. Like, you just don't. You don't feel his impact. You really don't. And I don't know, like, like LSU's not playing poorly. Like, they're they're fine right now, you know? And, it, you know, early season, we're like, okay, Brian Kelly, you know, maybe he's in over his head early and the whole offense looks disastrous, blah, blah. I feel like you can't put that much on everyone else now. You can't keep making excuses. I know we, we haven't, but 
big media still will. Um, I, I don't know. At some point, he's got to show something. I don't. I don't know. I was reading. I think it was, uh, it was that ESPN roundup. I think they're still. Like, yeah, he's still a first round pick. I don't know, man. I don't think you can say that. I I think that 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 take is almost born out of the wide receiver class is leaving a lot to be desired in general. Yeah. Like I, we've had so many good ones in a row, top heavy ones at that on top of the depth. This one, I think is looking more like there's going to be some solid depth for sure. Cause mm-hmm. there always is. Yeah. But how certain are we that we're going to have multiple top 15 picks at the receiver position? I, I, I mean, is a receiver even going to go top 15? Like, I would not be what? surprised if there isn't one. Like Jordan Addison's been incredible, but he's yeah. he's he lacks that size, and he he got hurt against Utah. Um, Quentin Johnston, um, he's the guy if he, it's any. Feels a little boomer bust. He didn't play that well against Kansas State. I'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, like um, even like even JSN. Obviously, he's been hurt. I, so like no knocks. I was on about him. To, no. Ahead. I was about to put him for sliding down the board because okay. he was supposed to come back this game, right? Yeah. And uh, in, in, in he came and he played a bit and then he left and there seemed to be some confusion. Was he on a pitch count? What, did he get hurt again? Like no one really knew. He had one catch for seven yards. Now he has played in three games this year. Has five catches for forty three yards. He's apparently going to be available against Penn State, but even then, like he's been hurt the whole season essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's already a guy who. He's not an ultra dynamic athlete. Yep. Um, where I, I I wasn't certain before the season that he would be a first round pick. I agree. I think you know what the problem was. Sorry to interrupt you. He had that massive, massive, special, special Rose Bowl game, and all of a sudden it's like this is the best player in college football. You know, this is the wide receiver one. This is the top ten. And I don't think he was ever that guy. And not knocking well, him, he's a good football player. No, very. Good I, football I think player. he's going to be a, a very good NFL wide receiver, yeah. starting NFL receiver. I just don't know that he's ever been the best wide no. receiver on Ohio State's roster, especially when you look at what Chris Olave is doing in the NFL right now. Yeah. Um, especially. When we see Marvin Harrison and Mecca Buka make these plays every week, you know, yeah, and, and like that's not a you know again that's not a, a shooting on guy because Gary Wilson's no. awesome. Chris Olave's been taken to another level with New Orleans. More on him yeah. tomorrow. It's not you know it's not always oh, the worst player on a bad run. No, it's not like you're saying that. He he just he was weirdly overrated. It was a sh- it was because of the Rose Bowl to be completely honest. And, and, and now there's just been a lot of mystery around his health and like what's happening. He's gonna like is he gonna play against Penn State? I guess we'll see. So like but, if I if I may wrap this up, I don't know if he's truly sliding down the board, but I think he's the, obviously the injury situation is not good, and I do think in terms of where like big media is anointing him, he's sliding down the board. Is that yeah, fair? That's that's well put. Yeah. Um, I'll give you. I've got two more. How many more do you got? I got. I got two more too. All right. Uh, you want to go and I'll go. Yeah, low hanging fruit here, but DJU. I mean, not not like a big fancy one, but getting benched. I I don't know what you know what he, if he'll be the quarterback going forward. He's been good. He's been pretty good, but he's there's no one no one more of a roller coaster at that position K- than K- him. Klubnik didn't even play that. Well, like they didn't do a whole lot. It was like Will Shipley just took just over. Shipley took over. Yeah. So it's yeah, interesting yeah. to see what happens. Yeah. And and then uh, on the uh, back to Ole Miss, I've never really been in on Nick Brooker, but I know a lot of people are, and I didn't think he looked very good against LSU. Uh, I, I don't think uh, he did either. I uh, he's like a day three guard. But people like have I've seen him like you know top one hundred or higher 
talk. I agree. I think he's, he's a day a, three guard too. He's a but. name people know. So yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of guards, I, I thought Cooper Beebe didn't look that great against TCU. They looked a little sloppy. Mm. Um, Kansas State was in this game, kind of blew it. Um, yeah, yeah. Big he, time. he he didn't look terrific in pass protection. Uh, just kind of yeah, I don't know. Sloppy felt like the best word. Like the feet were a little messy. Just not super explosive laterally to mm-hmm. kind of mirror guys. Just something to, to note. Uh, and then because I watch every G five weekday game that I can. Uh, Dwayne McBride both kept UAB in this game and lost the game for UAB. It was weird. Uh, it felt like every time he took a carry, he was running through tackles, showing off that like one cut, get north south, break a tackle. Just very like t- top fifteen running back in this class. Um, NFL back for sure. He also lost two fumbles. Both those fumbles mm. led to Western Kentucky touchdowns. That. Uh, are the reason Western Kentucky won. Um, they won 20 to 17. Uh, it was pretty brutal. And it's just, if, if you're fumbling, that's yeah. a death sentence in the NFL. Um, yep. So I, I, I thought worth, worth putting here, even though he played really well outside of those two fumbles. Yeah. And I think that's fair. And especially when you know, you're not a guy that like big draft capital is being spent on. If you're fumbling, you're, you're going to be one fumble could, could end your career as brutal as it is in the NFL today. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's let's pick up the speed a little bit. Out of nowhere prospect, I put Julian Fleming uh, because he's just quietly been such a a great third receiver for the Buckeyes with JSN out. Um, mm-hmm. He's kind of like just a big play guy. 105 yards and a TD had was I think 79 yarder on the vertical route where you yeah. saw why he was a former five star. He's that, got it. A... Was... Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I just it feels like every week he makes one splashy play. And like we talked about the receiver class, you know, there's depth, but like, yeah, it's a little, it's still a little murky. Uh, he's got a good chance of being a riser. Um, I mean, already has, and, yeah, good. And then Washington's trio on the uh, in on the D line: ZTP, Braylon, Trice, and Jeremiah Martin combined for 13 tackles, four sacks, five and a half TFLs in a hurry against Cal. Um, Trice was just kicking cows at ass. Yeah. Martin's interesting. He's a Texas A&M <clears throat> transfer who's 270, but he's playing inside most of the game. And, and ZTP had a, had a couple nice pass rushes where you saw those hands that, that we liked so much two years ago. I like that. I'll, I'm cheer for ZTP. Um, my own number prospect is a retro sophomore, so I doubt he's coming up. But uh, with Witherspoon out, uh, Jahad Carter stepped up for Syracuse. Um a lot of it was in the first half, but I like guess a bigger body DB as they all seem to be six two two hundred. Uh, had had that really nice uh, interception where he just undercut uh, and got uh, wasn't a great throw from DJU, but it was a good play. Then had the the ninety yard <laughs> scoop and score touchdown off the goal line. Had another fumble recovery. Just maybe the maybe the next guy in line at Syracuse. You love to hear it when you said Witherspoon. You mean Garrett Williams? Oh, Williams. Sorry, not Witherspoon. Okay. I got I got Illinois on the mind. I know you do. Big game this week. Yeah, uh, prospect who made me look stupid. I put Michael Penix. I thought played a really nice game against Cal. Really efficient. Remind me a little bit of Josh Dobbs. Oh, that's, um, a, that's a fun one. That's I like that comp. It's also kind of got the weird high shoulder pads that Dobbs had at Tennessee. <laughs> um, and then Zach Harrison, who's kind of reinvented himself as this interior rusher for the Buckeyes, um, and he had two TFLs a sack. Just he he's not that. Chase Young Bosa guy, but he's six six two seventy. 
with a good first step and, and some pop behind those hands. So I think like as a day three guy, he's, he's an interesting rotational guy for sure. Yeah, and he's still overrated somehow. Like, <laughs> he doesn't stop. Um, I put Bonex. I mean, Bonex played a clean game. We shit on him as much as everyone right, does. Me. I love that guy. He, except for Robbie. Yeah, sorry, Rob loves Bo. Always has. Um, and his dad. And his dad. Um, yeah, I don't know. Played a, I mean, I picked against him. Didn't expect to see that. Uh, played a good game. I don't know. I bet. I bet you he gets drafted because uh, he because has 25 of the hype. touchdowns. Yeah, he's he's going to win the Heisman. He's going to so. finish t- top ten in the Heisman. I guarantee he, he it. He is. If he feels like that guy, that's going. We're going to still be like, not talking about him, but he'll still be in the lexicon ten years from now, like being in the NFL somehow, because he just has lived off hype. But he's playing well now, so so whatever. My best prospect for his prospect matchup was Quinton Johnston against Julius Brent. Um. Johnston had 74 yards and a touchdown where Brent's kind of fell down. Like, I think Johnston was going to burn him either way. Uh, but Brent's fell down and scored a touchdown. He also had two drops. It was a kind of shitty weather. But um, mm-hmm. Brent's did a really good job when TCU was throwing those screens to Johnston and just making making those tackles around the line of scrimmage. He had one and a half TFLs. Uh, just two really long athletic guys. And so it was a really fun battle. That was a good one. I, I put I put I know we talked about the Clemson defense line ad nauseum, but I put Matthew Bergeron versus that group. Um, I I put him for outplay the box score because yeah, yeah. I thought he played pretty well given the circumstances, it, especially with the rest of the Syracuse offensive line playing. How it totally agree. Like he had that one, you know, like I said, where, where Murphy walked him back, but it wasn't it didn't count because the the face mask. But other than that, I thought he held up really well, and especially like you said, considering the rest of that Cuse group looked looked terrible. Um, no, I thought Bergeron, I think like this is the game where like you throw on the tape, you know, in, in, uh, in the, in the, you know, in the draft season and it's like, oh yeah, this is a good game, you know, seeing against all these like potential first round dudes. I, yeah, I think this is the one you're going to come back to and like, yeah, this is, this may be why he's a top, top 50 pick potentially. Yeah. He, uh, he's really kind of leveled up as a pass protector this year. Yeah. He has. Um, who's your played the box score? I put Joey Porter Jr. I mean, again, it's kind of an easy one, but uh, a guy who had zero tackles. I don't know, it was a box score. Uh, had only one PBU, which was great PBU downfield. Got his head around. Uh, kind of almost like picked it off with one hand, but other than that, he didn't give up anything the entire night. I know it's you know it's that Minnesota offense, but as shut down as shut down can be, I thought so. I had, I had to give him some credit. Um, my overhyped is Kansas State pass rusher Felix mm-hmm. and Duki. Uzamoa. He is. Um, Agree. Just not not really generating any pressure in this game. Had a couple solid hustle plays against the run, but I don't know. If we're talking about a first round edge rusher, I don't see it. I This one feels a little sacrilegious for me because I'm going with a, a Big Ten IOL, but I've seen quite a bit of love for John Michael Schmitz, the, uh, the Minnesota center. Uh, I, I saw him mocked in the first, and I... I don't see that. I didn't think he looked great against Penn State. Like I think he's like a he's solid a, center on like a day three guy that could start down the line. But I, I think he's like a, a a guy you take in the yeah, third fourth round who yeah is a very solid like not superstar or anything but very solid trustworthy trustworthy center. Yeah, exactly. And I just like it feels like people are just shooting at fucking dartboards with with the first round stuff. But I've seen a lot of hype and it's just I'm not That's there. So yeah, he is. It's like twenty five. Love it. So, so yeah, Hendon Hooker. Uh, you want a vet center, Rob? That's that's a good pick, I think. 
Thank you. Um, transfer who popped on the scene. I'll go back to Kansas State. Josh Hayes, the North Dakota State transfer, who reunited with Chris Kleiman in Manhattan. Uh, he, I thought he played really well against TCU. He's very physical. He, he played corner at North Dakota State. He's yeah. moved to safety for Kansas State. Uh, just really physical football player, and um, he's an NFL talent, I think. Really I like Hayes. Things. I like Hayes. I, yeah, he's fun. I'm going back to the Ole Miss game. Uh, again, another loss, but I thought their, their Malik Heath played pretty well, who's a Juco and Mississippi State transfer. And he has been playing well. Had 145 yards on eight catches. And best of all, uh, I realized he was the guy that like kicked that dude in the face and then ran away in that Mississippi State uh, Tulsa <laughs> brawl in the bowl game. <laughs> so, but he actually is a physical wide receiver too. He's six three two fifteen. Uh, you know, well built. Had, had play, he's a little bit of a bully and a little bit of an asshole. So maybe someone to watch as a as a late prospect. Uh, my small school guy who caught my was UAB corner Sterling Thomas. But two big break pass breakups uh, on deep shots against Western Kentucky. One of them came in the end zone. Um, a, a le- one of the best G5 corners of the country. And mine was, uh, I can't remember people, it was the horse himself. Of course it was. The king. A horse, of course, of course. Uh, how'd your picks do last week? Four and one, baby. Bounce back. Back to 500, 19, 19, and two. Wow, 19, 19, and two. I went three and two. I'm 25, 14, and one coming back i'm coming back yes you are um starting with uh 12 p.m on fox number two ohio state at number 13 penn state probably the game of the day buckeyes 15 and a half point road favorites um i'm gonna ride with the buckeyes i i mean penn state just doesn't seem to get up for the big games in the big 10 michigan proved that yeah if this was a night game, I think they get up for it proper, but it's not. I'm also taking Ohio State minus the 15.5 points. Huge test for Joey Porter Jr. Yeah. Um, other side of the ball, I, I, I mean, I want to see how the Buckeye like the Buckeyes' defense has been so much better this year than previous years, but also they haven't really played anyone. And they're and not, not going to Penn, this week either. <laughs> not, not that Penn State has some great offense or anything, but Nick Singleton's a good football player. Yeah. Parker Washington's an NFL talent. Like, so let, let's see. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel silly to pick Penn State, even though they're at home. Agreed. Um, Three thirty, CBS, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, Florida's taking on number one Georgia. Bulldogs twenty-two and a half point favorites. Feel, just, yeah, feels hard not take, to pick Georgia. Yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna take Georgia. Interesting like, one. I, I mean, I really hope for because the slate looks kind of blah on Saturday. I'm hoping yeah. Florida keeps this one interesting. I hope Anthony Richardson turns it on. That's a fun test for him against that defense. I mean, he doesn't need any more tests, but you know what I mean. But it's just gonna be fun to see him against that defense. Feels um, like we haven't watched Georgia play in a like a meaningful game in a while. Yeah. Since that Oregon game. So fun to see like Killy Ringo against uh that Anthony Richardson passing attack, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, like all the Georgia Bulldogs, NFL talents that we just haven't seen. Yeah, and I think I think yeah, I think this is a good like yeah, you know what the best battle is though? What's that? Javon Dexter against that O line. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, against Van Pran and company. Oh yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um I feel like this is a good game for Georgia just to like not that they're lost track, but like to like you know reinvigorate themselves and like all right, we're ready to go kick Tennessee butt, and you know and, and go on in March. Like we're we're you know we're a playoff team and we're the best team in the country. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Three thirty Fox, 
Number nine, Oklahoma State at number 22, Kansas State. They just don't believe in the Pokes. They don't, uh, except for me, and I always believe in the Pokes, and that's they, why I we, can't not take them. We both took Oklahoma State to cover against yeah, Texas. They, they won, won. Uh, after being down. And, and they're dogs again, plus one and a half. I get that. The, it's hard to win in Manhattan. It is. You know what? If Kansas State wasn't ranked, I, I'd be more worried. Uh, but they're ranked. So I'm going to take Oklahoma State plus one and a half. Spencer Sanders legit one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the country, right? Considering they're always dogs, and he's, like, pretty good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he keeps winning, so. He keeps winning. Yeah. Um, yeah, not not the disrespect of being, you know, uh, dogs at home in Stillwater. But, no, I, I'm, I'm taking the pokes, too. They're, they're a solid football team. They'll, I think they'll win. Um, my next one's at seven. Me, too. Okay, 7 p.m. ESPN, number 19, Kentucky, at number 3, Tennessee. I'm, I haven't decided yet, AJ. Yeah, okay, I, I'm, I like that because I agree. I feel, this feels like a tricky one, right? Well, Mark Stoops tends to just, when you, he shouldn't cover, he covers. Yeah. Like, K- Kentucky is always a hard out. Yep. But we saw what Tennessee did against Alabama, like, and they just played UT Martin. And Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt can't be stopped. And I wonder if Cedric Tillman's going to be back. And the Tennessee defense is, is is kind of stingy, and especially up front. And Kentucky's offensive line's been very meh. Um, yeah. They lost to Ole Miss, who just lost to LSU. I think I've just talked myself into Tennessee. I'm taking Tennessee, too. But I think UK's going to hang a bit. I feel uh, I feel like I'll feel stupider if I take Kentucky and they get blown out versus if I take Tennessee and Kentucky covers. Yeah, that's fair. But like, I don't know. I can still see this one ending. Like, even if Kentucky plays a tough game and you know keeps control of the ball a bit, like I don't know, like what thirty-one seventeen and they still cover. You know what I mean? Like, like that's best case scenario for Kentucky. I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, finally. The game of the week. 7.30 p.m. ABC. Why, why was this State. the ABC game and not the big noon? I guess because Fox is sick in Michigan. I don't blame them. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State at number four, Michigan. Wolverines, 23.5 point favorites. Michigan State's just been terrible. Um, I like. I guess if you're looking for something to watch with Michigan State, like Jacoby Winman, when he's on, he's a fun, fun player. That uh, that Michigan State offense is just not very good. This is Sparty's Super Bowl. Weird things are going to happen. Give, give me Sparty plus the points. Okay. That's Look, I have to. I ha- then I can't lose, right? If they cover them. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You lose, uh, you lose some of my respect. I, I, I'm shocked I had any. Yeah, that's my last one. 